Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Extra Point Taken, Shield Kapadia here, joined by Ben Solak. It's the Friday show where we talk about what we're watching, we make some picks, we pick some props, we make some predictions that are sure to go wrong. Uh, Benny Souls, you look ready. You, you look like you're overflowing with prop bets that you just want to give to our audience today. It's been, it's been a good year for props so far. It's been a bad year for spreads, but that's all right. We, we, we ride the waves. I don't know about... How are you doing in the column so far? You're two weeks in. Good, bad, where you at? Uh, well, after my taking jive, I'm actually exactly at 500 through uh, two is, weeks in one game. Yeah. It has been for... Um, for like most sharps on like size and totals, not a great start to the year. Like just the average sharp bet has like missed for whatever reason. It's been a little bit of a mess season. So size-wise, yeah, I'm nowhere right now. Props has been fun. Keys to victory have been doing great on Twitter. We're loving what we're seeing. <laughs> Week three is the absolute nasty fest of football games. So we're going to get through it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's uh, listen, It's early. It's week two. It's a long season here. We got 18 weeks. We got playoffs. We got a lot of games to get through. So uh, you should know the drill by now. But if you're a first-time Friday show listener... We're going to go through some headliners. We're going to make some predictions about what everyone's going to be talking about on Monday morning. And then we're going to get to the props, the long shots, uh, and all of that, the locks of the week for week three. All right, many souls, start us off with a headliner. What do you have your eye on this weekend in week three? Headline for me is uh, Chiefs panic, relax. Chiefs panic, abate. Chiefs panic, fine. Uh, the The... The number one thing that I'm watching for on this Sunday is this Chiefs offense, which like, I don't know about you. People are trying to get me to freak out about this, right? They talk to my buddies and they're like, Mahomes, it's a bad year for Mahomes now, down here. Like, you guys can keep hoping for this. It's not coming. It's not real. Um, you know, you talk to your editors. Your editors are like, got to get ready in case, you know, the Chiefs, like if this is a real problem for the Chiefs offense, like that'll be a big story. It's like, guys, I don't think it's going to happen. They face a Lions defense in week one that was very ready for them right uh, uh the lions were like the most man cover heavy team in the league last season and they walked out in week one and just had like a curated zone game plan for the chiefs right they they 100 came out with like a change up that you wouldn't be able to throw unless you had three months to prepare for a team and then in week two they face a jaguars defense that again like 
Like Lions and Jaguars don't they're not known as like the best defenses, but the Lions had a really good curated game plan. I think the Jaguars uh, have, have overperformed defensive expectations over the first two weeks and they're playing pretty well. So I, I'm able to explain away some bad Chiefs offense against the Lions and against the Jaguars. The Chiefs play this Sunday, Chiel, the Chicago Bears. All right. If we can't move the football against the current <laughs> state of the Chicago Bears defense, gave up 30 plus to the Packers and gave up 24 plus to, to, to uh, uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. I, I'll start to maybe a little bit get there on like, all right, maybe having no wide receivers is actually bad. Maybe this does matter a little bit. So in terms of things I'm watching uh, uh, for this coming week, there's no like game that I think is like, oh, two real contenders head to head. Like there's a lot of like, all right, like, you it's know, a bad all, slate. Yeah, it's yeah. not the most exciting slate of games. I think here. there's I think there's a lot of games where like Titans Browns is going to help us figure out some stuff about those two teams, right. both of whom look like they could be good this year. Uh, Falcons Lions is the same thing. Saints Packers. There's a lot of like, all right, tell me something like, let, let, like this is this is a good yeah. test between some teams in the teens. Can help me riddle out my power rankings a little bit, but there's not a lot of like, wow, the clash, you know. Uh, but I'm, 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 you know, you got, you, right now I've got a corner of my eye on this Chiefs offense, and if we're not good against the Bears, they're gonna get half of one eye, and we're gonna get, keep updating that that um that that uh, measuring stick as we go. So Chiefs offense, uh, let's just drop 35 on the Bears and calm down all of the the, the discourse. Yeah, it's. I feel like it has to be, you know, obviously a nuanced conversation with the Chiefs offense. Like, if you have Mahomes healthy and Andy Reid, your floor is only so low. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know uh, what your buddies are texting you. I don't think anyone's arguing this is going to be a bad offense. But it's in terms of the offenses that the Chiefs have produced under those two guys, where is it going to rank there? And it's early. It's two weeks in. The most likely scenario, Chiefs figure it out. Chiefs have a top five offense by the end of the season. Nothing to see here. Remember when people were worried after week two? Uh, sure. However, uh, I do think it's fair to point out that the offense hasn't played well, like just to their standard in the first right. two weeks. I mean, they've had 96 games under Patrick as Patrick Mahomes as the starter. Last week's game ranked 96th out of 96 in success rate. Further off, it was literally their least efficient game under Patrick Mahomes. By the way, week one ranked 92nd out of 96. So it's a two-game sample. This is why this is why I really should have been like a baseball. I like large samples. Large you know, samples. I, I, I wouldn't have as much better. fun. <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel better. But this is more fun because we get to guess and it can be week 17 and you can still be like, hey, that's a small sample. They only play 17 games. But these have been, you know, two of the five worst offensive performances in terms of success rate under Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, that's not nothing. I mean, you can say, yeah, the Lions and uh, did a good job and the Jags did a good job. And I agree with you at the same time. Like, those aren't the best defenses that they're going to face this season. So uh, I think you're right to say, let's keep an eye on it. I mean, there's a chance that the Chiefs win this game 62 to nothing and Patrick Mahomes throws eight touchdowns and we're saying, all right, uh, they're fine. It was just a little hiccup early in the season. At the same time, they're really testing the limits of what, like, like what position you're putting those two guys in with this wide receiver core and those offensive tackles. Like, I don't know that you needed to make it. You should have made it this hard for, you know, I might've built yeah. it, made some different decisions uh, along the way. So uh, I've got my eye on it uh, for sure, but I, I think you're probably right that it will be much ado about nothing. Uh, I'm sticking to that game. So I'll act, but I'm looking on the other side. What's, what's rock bottom for the Chicago bears. I mean, yeah. th this is a team. Uh, I know Nora and Steven 
talked about it this week, but just think of the week and the season they've had so far. I'm sure most people know about it, but a quick recap. Justin Fields holds a pre- has a press conference. He says he's playing a little too robotic. He's got to play more freely. They say, well, why do you think you're playing robotic? He says coaching, and he expands on it. I actually thought, when you go back and watch it, he's being honest, thoughtful. It's like every, it a, it everything I want from the, an athlete. Answer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I it agree. Was such a good answer because it's like Brandon Staley with the angry pressers. You can't hop on the mic and be like, it's cool how great everything is. Like, we can all see you. So you have to acknowledge, the, like, if, if Fields had not mentioned that there's like a, like, if he'd been like me and the coaching staff are in total lockstep is what I'm supposed to do, that would be alarm bells. Because like either A, you have no idea what's going on, or B, you have no interest in getting better. You're just going to try to get through this media session. So I loved it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, when you watch it, he's explaining what the issues are. Uh, and I thought it was great. Like I said, as a as someone who has sat in on hundreds of those midweek press conferences with coaches and quarterbacks, like that's the kind of insight uh, that you want when you're covering a team. At the same time, it is unusual to hear a quarterback say that part of the reason for some of the issues is coaching. You just typically uh, will not hear that. So uh, he has that. Then he holds a media session later in the locker room, tries to clarify his comments. Then the next day, him and Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, they wave to the cameras and they hug so that everyone can see uh, that they're fine. So that's one side of the ball. This is only one thing that's happening in, in Chicago this week. Then Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator, resigns. There was a mystery with Matt Eberflus was like, well, I don't know if he's going to be back. The next thing you know, he resigns. There's all these weird rumors online. And then Pat McAfee goes on his show and says there was an FBI. His sources say there was an FBI raid on Alan Williams's house. I don't know anything more about Pat this. Pat no is on ESPN, by the way. He's on Being ESPN. Like, yeah, right. there was a That's race. why. Bananas. Yeah, that's why. So I was like, when I was first prepping, I'm like, all right, this isn't worth mentioning. It's all rumors. And then I'm like, wait, Pat McAfee said this on ESPN. I guess we should mention it. <laughs> it's a by the worldwide leader. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, so you have that. Their left tackle goes on injured reserve. So all these things have happened within a span of like three days in Chicago. Not to mention, and I didn't realize this. So like they've lost 12 straight games going back to last season. I didn't realize that this was like a losing streak. 12 straight games in the NFL? Like, think about that. Since week eight of last season, they're 0-12 with an NFL worst minus 159 point differential. So minus right. 159 are- in 12 games is tough. That's double <laughs> oh digits. God. That's tough. <laughs> That's How tough. They go in that one. <laughs> And and like Zolak alluded to, now they go to Arrowhead against an offense that's trying to kind of get right here in week three. What do we see here? Do we see Justin Fields playing more freely? When you and I had shows in the middle of last season and we said, okay, there's something to him. This is an exciting, we don't know if they're, they're going to be great, but man, he's exciting. They can do some things out of structure. That hasn't been there. Do we see some of that uh, this weekend? Do they show some fight? some resolve, some, hey, let's all kind of band together and be a little bit competitive here, or do they lose 56 to nothing? I mean, anything is possible. And if they get blown out in this game, I mean, I don't know what you do as a a franchise. I, I forgot to mention, Ryan Poles, the GM, you never see this, but you rarely see this with an NFL team in season, the GM calling an impromptu press conference to kind of calm the waters. And not just an impromptu press conference. A, it's cool how fine we are press conference. Like right. That, yeah. Ryan Paul, like Justin Fields is like, hey, coaching is tough. Ryan Paul's press conference was like, I, no one's panicking. Isn't that great? Right. D- it's week two. 
Then you shouldn't be doing a we're I'm, not panicking pro- thing crazy. week two. That means it's, it's bad. It's unprecedented. It's honestly yeah. unprecedented. It's bad. So uh, I'm going to have my eye on that game. Like you're looking at it. What are you talking about? It's a 12 and a half point spread. Bears don't have a chance. And you're probably right about that. But uh, it's funny. Solak and I don't go over these as we, as we talked about last week before we come on the show. But we're both going to have our eyes on the same game there for different reasons. Uh, so like you wrote, uh, you wrote about the Bears uh, this week. A- anything to add there? Yeah, so uh, Matt Eberflus, like you said, 0-12, last 12 games with the Bears. I went and I looked back at like every uh, stretch of, of, of at least 12 straight losses over the last like 20, 30 years. It's really tough to find a guy that we look back on and we're like, ah, he was a good coach. Like He, he just got does it together. It, which, like, yeah. Makes sense. Like there are teams that turn around, turn it around quickly. The current Jaguars are one of them. The Jaguars had a stretch. It was more than 12. Like, um end of was it yeah it was end of marone into urban meyer and bradley i i can't remember who they had before urban meyer i think it was doug marone um, marone yeah, yeah it was marone and then which yeah. like marone was about as good of a name uh, of a coach as you kind of like found on this list and so like they the jaguars turned around right away like uh, doug peterson trevor lawrence bang like, there's a way to like be a team that loses 12 14 16 games in a row and then recovers it's usually with a different guy uh running the team and that's the tough reality for Eberflus, where it's like all right you're only 20 games into your tenure at this point, right? Like you have 18 weeks last season, two weeks this season. Uh, it's like too small of a sample. We should be writing about baseball. But what have you done for the team? Is it is a hard question right now to answer for Eberflus. Like there's so much attention on this offensive fields. This defense is a nightmare, man. And like, yeah, the Eberflus whole thing also is supposed to be like, like culture, like young players, development, intensity, and who is developed. Who are the young who are the young cornerstones of this team? Like Jaquan Brisker might be an above average safety. Like that's where we're at in terms of young players. It's very hard to find silver linings right now, rays of sunbeams uh, uh, with the Bears, which sucks. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. We'll see what happens in Kansas City this weekend. All right. Monday morning storyline is the next category. Benjamin, what are we? What is somebody? What is what are you going to be talking about? on monday morning after week three what do you got so it is monday morning storylines which means that at 8 50 this morning 10 minutes before we recorded when i realized that my storyline was about the philadelphia eagles who play on you monday you can do night, that i think tuesday is fine yeah no i was actually cool? thinking about something yeah i think that's fine it can be tuesday morning it's what right. yeah no i think that's fine yeah go ahead this is this is very surprising to me because you like to be like <laughs> You'll, you'll be like very persnickety <laughs> as to like the parameters of, of one certain game that Listen, we've made up. And then for the next one, you won't care at all. And I never know which uh, one it's going to be. First of all, uh, I'm not a stickler and I resent that that description. I think you're seeing a difference. You saw 1am shield earlier this week, a little <laughs> bit ornery, couldn't really speak in coherent sentences. Now you're getting... 9 a.m. Sheila, I've been up for three hours. I got nice. I caught up on some sleep last night. I'm feeling good. I, we can go for three hours today. I, I, I'll be good. Got the girls to school. Got a workout. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Sunny outside. Good. Nice cry. I have the, this is a nice move in the fall. You got the windows open and you throw the hoodie yeah. on. I like the nice crisp oh. fallness coming into my right here. I feel great. See, Sorry, okay, but was, I, so I'm very envious of this. My window <laughs> in the room I podcast with is faces the road. And so I never like having it open because sometimes there's a big, a big noise. And so I just sit in this mm. little stuffy room. I got to start just, just opening it and just hoping there's going to be no, yeah, no. Ruff- Mike's not going to pick that up. No, yeah. No ruffians on the sidewalk. No, no, uh, yeah. no, you know, young uh, ragamuffins <laughs> out there making a ruckus. Okay. 
important things. <laughs> so, all right, if we're doing a Monday morning headline, it's actually a Tuesday morning headline. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this upcoming Monday. Uh, I think that your headline is going to be like, Jalen Hurts, question mark. Eagles, offensive concern, question mark. I think that uh, to mm-hmm. this point in the season, the Eagles have not been the team that we expected them to be coming off of the Super Bowl year. They haven't been as dominant as they were in 2022. Still uh, 2-0, right? They, they come out with a win against uh, the Patriots, come with a win against the Vikings. But in neither game were they uh, emphatically it. And, and to this point in the season, two weeks in, no team has benefited from opposing turnovers more than the Philadelphia Eagles. Like They have just been riding takeaways, which is fine. It's just something that you have to understand tends not to... Uh, uh, stay sticky over the course of a season and, and and big hills and low valleys can come when you're a turnover oriented defense they get like the weirdly 2-0 and Buccaneers which the Buccaneers have beaten the Bears and the Vikings so like uh, yeah I'm not, I'm not I'm not here with with 2-0 and uh, Bucks acting like the, the 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 world's been reorganized and Baker Mayfield's a top 10 quarterback what I do know is that we have kind of mapped Jalen Hurts's career over his game logs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and against Todd Bowles, right? Uh, there was the 2021 season where how they played against the Buccaneers kind of defined that season. They were good against a lot of other offenses, but when they ran into Tampa Bay in that postseason, the the blitzing and, and the Todd Bowles game plan, it really took advantage of what Hurts did well and didn't do well. Hurts against the Blitz uh, since the start of last season. So this is taking 2021 out of it is the 22nd ranked quarterback by EPA per dropback. Blitzing is something that really can 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 hassle Hurts. And you saw that be successful uh, last uh, last week against the Vikings on Thursday Night Football, where Brian Flores walked out with what I thought was a really, really remarkable game plan. He either sent six or sent three. A- a- he was a- It was as polarized of a defensive game plan in, in Next Gen's database that we've like seen in six, seven plus seasons, where it was, I'm, I'm always going to confuse you. I'm always sending something unique. Now we got a guy in Todd Bowles who's one of the few other defensive coordinators in the league who's capable of doing this, who's capable of lining a bunch of guys up and playing a really blitz-heavy approach and then dropping a lot of guys into zone and really pitching you a lot of change-ups. I think that the Eagles' offense is going to struggle against the Buccaneers. I wouldn't be surprised if they're 3-0. wouldn't be surprised if the defense can hassle Baker Mayfield and they come out with a win. But I think we're going to start to get to the point now three weeks into the season where it hurts has played Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, and Todd Bowles. He's played some pretty legitimate defensive names. But after three weeks, I think we're going to start to sit down and say, OK, what's going on with this Eagles passing offense? Because this is really not the, the the unit we saw last season. Critically, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to do the, hey, DeAndre Swift, get us 175 yards thing. Yeah. One thing to run against Harrison Phillips There's a young man named Vita Vea in the middle of Bucks defense. Makes it a little bit trickier. Uh, and so I think that you're going to see a little bit more visibility on Hertz's play. And again, not total panic. They haven't been a total mess. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith solved a lot of problems for you. But this Eagles offense has, has, has struggled in 2023. They've struggled with the coordinator change. And I think on Monday Night Football, that'll be really apparent. Yeah, the drop eight was uh, very interesting last week. I mean, the, the uh, Vikings did that on 14 uh, pass plays against Hurts. Like you said, they'd line everybody up at the line of scrimmage. And it's either, hey, we're rushing six or we're rushing three. And it took the Eagles a while to figure it out. And then they eventually started running the ball. But if you just look at efficiency against drop eight, like that was the worst one of the worst games uh, for a quarterback really in the last five, uh, 10 years. And it doesn't happen that often where a defense is doing that double digits. But, you know, you can really paint a picture that Eagles fans should be more panicked than they are. Uh, to and all, I'm talking to you so long. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 32nd in dropback success rate. He's worse mm-hmm. than 
Kenny Pickett, I mean, Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, Bryce Young, Deshaun Watson, Josh Dobbs, Zach Wilson. He has been the worst starting quarterback in dropback success rate through two games this season, uh, way lower than it was last season. Their defense is bottom three in success rate ahead of only the Raiders and the Dolphins. You mentioned it. They have been a high leverage, take the ball away, uh, sack the quarterback type defense, which actually might be fine. I, I actually think on film, I actually really have liked what I've seen from their defense, yeah. and I think it's been really encouraging. But again, statistically, you look at it and say, oh, man, they've played the uh, Patriots and the Vikings and their 30th in success rate. That's not great. So uh, those are some things to point to. I actually have a different read on this game than you do. Like I, I When you said earlier, like it's not a great slate of games, but we're going to learn things. I think that's true about this Eagles Passing this game. is one like, that falls into that for sure. Yep. This is one. Absolutely. Because the first five games of the season, the uh, first five days of the season, they face Belichick and they have Flo- they faced Flores, two guys who did a great job against them. Uh, unscouted looks, stuff you weren't expecting. You had to adjust. Well, now you've had this long layoff. Remember, they played on Thursday night in week two, Thursday night to Monday night uh, in week three. So mini buy, you look at all of it. All right, what's going wrong? Why do our numbers look like this in the passing game through the first two weeks? What can we do to fix it? Uh, I actually think they're, I like them quite a bit, minus four and a half in this game. I'm not saying they're going to score 35 or 40. I'm with you. That Bucks defense has legit players. I said it coming into the season. I think we both agreed. I think I had them 10th and you were like, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Like they still have a lot of good players. Look at their Super Bowl roster. It's a lot of the same players on defense and they still have Todd Bowles as their defensive coordinator. So I don't think they're going to light them up, but I do think their passing game is going to look a lot uh, better, have more rhythm this game now that they've had some time to kind of uh, take a deep breath. So um, that's going to be an interesting game on, on Monday night. I'm with you. If they don't, if the passing game looks bad in that game Monday night, I think there's going to be real cause for concern about, well, we know this is a good team. They're still going to win a lot of games, but what's their ceiling if they can't get this figured yeah. out? Because I, I really thought Hertz was going to play well uh, this season. It's not just on Hertz, but uh, it hasn't happened so far. Yeah, I'm. Um, you said like you like that four and a half. I'm a nowhere on this game. This is one of those games okay. where it's on a Monday night, and I'm going to want to have action on it. I'm going to want to be room for something, and I'm going to have to make sure Monday five p.m., six p.m. Get busy, go do something with your hands, right? Okay, like this is this is this line is a stinky line. I don't trust it in either direction. One thing about the Eagles' passing game, when I was poking around, that really stands out to me through two weeks. Devonte Smith right now fourth in the league among receivers who actually have like 10 plus targets like receivers who have done something uh, fourth in the league right now in air yards per target 14.87 AJ Brown's ninth they have two receivers in the top 10 of air yards per target and they have no other receivers right they only like in terms of wide receivers they only throw to these two cats that's not good you don't want your the, your two star you have, you have two unbelievable receivers and one of the things that makes them unbelievable is that they can get down the field. But those are low percentage throws, right? When, when, when you're going to funnel passing game through two players, because they really haven't gotten Dallas Goddard super activated yet. They tried to do it again in week two. They had a lot of like intentional targets to him early, but he didn't have like a huge game, right? If you have, if you have two targets you're living through, you got to get those guys some underneath looks. You have to, let's develop a rhythm. Let's, let's get the guys moving. Let's get them running. AJ Brown, frustration on the sideline in week two. He's running wind sprints. I see him. He's putting a lot of mileage on those legs for not a lot of juice. I get it. Uh, they have to figure out how to get a more moderate passing game, uh, a more three-level controlled passing game, and stop relying, like you said, Hurts' success rate is so low. One of the reasons why is because they're hucking that thing. Let's, let's, let's work all three levels of the field. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens in that game Monday night. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I will give my Monday morning storyline. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Sheila and I are going to talk about our favorite bets later in the show, but a little spoiler alert, I do like the Chargers, plus one and a half, the Steelers, plus two and a half, and the Patriots, minus two and a half. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right. We are back on Extra Point Taken. My Monday morning storyline, the Saints are this year's version of the 2022 Vikings. I've heard people already make mm. this case and... I wish I could give you credit, but I feel like it's been multiple people. So if you are one of the people who said it, let me know and I will give you credit. I think that's spot on. I think this is a team that's going to beat up on a bad schedule, uh, that's going to pile up wins that no one's really going to take seriously this year. You know, they uh, they had what I would describe as unimpressive wins week one and week two against the Titans and the Panthers. Now they go to Green Bay against the Packers. They're one and a half point underdogs. Uh, I think they could win this game. I mean, their defense is legit going up against a, a, an inexperienced starter against the Dennis Allen defense. That's not going to be easy. The Packers uh, are not as healthy as the Saints in this game. They're, they've got some injuries on the offensive line. We'll see if Bakhtiari plays or not. Uh, we'll see if Christian Watson plays or not. Aaron Jones, uh, Elton Jenkins is out for the Packers for a while here. So uh, I kind of like the Saints in this game. Uh, I think they're going to improve to 3-0 and here. And I don't think anyone is going to take them seriously or consider them in the same class as the Cowboys, 49ers, or Eagles in the yeah. NFC. So uh, I, I just think that like early signs, that's how I'm feeling about this Saints team. Like I think they're the favorites to win the NFC South. Uh, I think they're going to pile up wins. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think anyone's going to take them seriously. So uh, I, uh, that that's a storyline that's already been mentioned. As I read it out loud, I'm like, Shield, this doesn't have a lot of juice. You should have gone with something else. But you know what? We all can't bet uh, a thousand. So there you go. That's my Monday morning storyline. I uh, I will say, <laughs> Saints fan, like you're like no no one's going to take this team seriously. Saints fans are taking the team seriously. Are they uh, feeling my, themselves? Okay. Oh yeah. I um I tweeted during the Titans game. Uh, wow, turns out Derek Carr is exactly the same quarterback as he was with the Raiders. Who could have seen this coming? And then they won 16 to 15. All right. 
And, then, and and it was a big old let's quote tweet Ben day. It was big old whoa whoa whoa. Look at the Derek Carr one and zero. And then the, that that Panthers game. Derek, uh, Derek Carr should send Bryce Young a check and a, and a bouquet of flowers with the way that Bryce Young and, and that Panthers offense made the Saints offense look halfway decent in relief. Holy smokes, they're getting cooked. Jiro Avril was on him. I, I, this is I I am. I'm glad that Michael Thomas is back healthy. I love me a Rashid Shahid. Now, you know, I love me a Rashid Shahid. Chris Olave is great. Like this wide receiver room is awesome. Uh, and I think that Carr is, is better than the alternatives, better than Dalton, better than Jameis in terms of distributing to that team. But I don't, I don't view this offense as having uh, legitimate teeth. They're, they're good at scoring more than 20 points. And the Saints defense is really good at making the opposing team score less than 20 points. They've done it like 10 games in a row now or something. Yeah. Um, this is this this game is the number one game for me, Saints Packers of let's learn something like I, uh, I that Packers offense beat up on the Bears in week one. And then that Falcons game, I had Packers plus one and a half uh, for my picks and we covered, but it was close. <laughs> and yeah. I thought that the Packers would have more success against the Falcons defense that I don't particularly rate very highly. Uh, uh, I like them schematically. They worried me from like a talent perspective. Ryan Nielsen came from the, the Saints defensive staff, right? He was the Saints defensive line coach, left yeah, to become Atlanta's point. defensive coordinator. So now you get this same defense again, but the big boy version. Now you get, like, yeah. they, they actually have the Much better for players. This. Yeah, and, and the fact that the Packers struggled to find uh, a good running game, obviously no Aaron Jones against the Falcons, uh, struggled to find a good running game, I thought was really concerning. And they're doing a good job running the greatest hits for Jordan Love in terms of, like, this offense. But they haven't really like um, the passing game is still very Shanahan uh, water wings. It's still very much like run the stuff that the quarterback can't screw up. And at some point, you have to like, kind of like let, let the buck, the Bronco buck a little bit. And they haven't necessarily done that yet with uh, with with love. And if they don't do that against the Saints, they're not going to score enough points to outscore like a average Derek Carr Saints performance. And if they do, they're one and two. And then this Packers team, the actual point taking team of the, of the year, we have to start having some questions about like, hey, like. When are you going to kind of open this offense up a bit? Because you can't waste time losing to the Falcons and to the Saints. And what's going to be like a tough NFC North? Like, we, we got to have to let Jordan Love throw the football a little bit more aggressively. But again, like, no Christian Watson. Like, they've had injuries. that, that It does make it tough. I get where yeah. they're coming from. Yeah, it's not a great place to... It, it's a little like, to me, the Bryce Young thing. I mean, you look around and you're like, all right, well, is this person in great position to succeed. Now, the Packers are in a much better spot uh, than the Panthers are. But I agree with you. I think Jordan Love has been fine. I think he's had some moments. For the most part, I think their good moments have kind of been schemed up uh, offensively from Matt LaFleur. They've scored on 83 per touchdowns on 83% of their red zone uh, trips. Like if that comes down to league average or a little closer to league average, it's not going to look um, as good. You know, they, they got some penalties, some DPIs uh, last week where their total yardage wasn't exactly indicative of where they were. But uh, I think you make a good point that they're facing a similar scheme as last week, uh, but better players. So we'll see what happens uh, with the Packers. We'll see what happens with the Saints this week. All right. Prop of the week. Benjamin, wait, let's get to our... Do you have the spreadsheet open? I uh, sorry do. All right. Give our, give our guy some credit. Uh, shout out to Luke. We appreciate Luke. Yeah. Um, you didn't warn me about this. I forgot to reread the pronunciation of his last name. Lahan, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. I, I took the lead over you this week. Uh, five point week mm. for your boy. Uh, you had a two point week there, <laughs> Sheil. Um, Sheil and I both locks of the week went one for three uh, this week. Like I said, I won exclusively Ooh. on the Packers covering one and a half. 
They lost by one. Uh, so Which we I lost in yeah. my picks column because when I filed it, they were one and a half point favorites. Come on, yeah. you're killing me. All right, sorry. Uh, I had and, to get that out I, um, I had Broncos at home against the Commanders, minus three and a half. Felt great about that one for a bit. Big comeback there. And then I had Giants, minus four and a half against the Cardinals. Felt terrible <laughs> about that one for a bit. Big comeback there. Nobody's paying me off. Uh, uh, those two games are happening concurrently. And I was just staring at them like, there's no way you're going to do this to me, right? We're going to have the Giants win by four and the Broncos lose this. And the Hail Mary. The Broncos almost got overtime. Oh, it was terrible. Um, for you, Locks of the Week, you also had the Broncos. Uh, you had the Titans win uh, plus three versus the Chargers. Congrats on the overtime dub for you on that one. You had Jaguars plus three, three and a half against the Chiefs as well. Um, under just, I mean, I don't think we've talked about. My gosh, how many wasted opportunities? Jaguars, what are you doing? I that was the right call by me. Your defense plays well. Oh. Can a receiver just keep their feet in balance on one of these? Solax agrees. He's throwing his water bottle all over the place. I okay? almost dropped this 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 thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we were we were so on the right side of things last week. Giants minus four and a half was very clearly the <laughs> right side. This is gambling, ration, rationalizing. The right side. Jaguars <laughs> plus three and a half is very clearly the right side. And we were not, we were not rewarded. Like I said, it's been a tough year for spread betting. Uh, we had unders on passing yards. You were under on Zach Wilson for a dub against the Cowboys. I was under on Anthony Richardson, which was probably going to be shaky there against the Texans. Richardson leads the game uh, with, with a concussion. And then uh, your long shot of the week, 50 rushing yards for Josh Allen. He had like two. They just ate the Raiders alive, throwing the football. He was, it, it honestly might have been his career low. I'm checking the box was, score going, oh my God, down. I got no shot. He was managing the pocket. Great Josh Allen pocket game. Uh, and then Daniel Jones' touchdown score for me, uh, a long shot of the week, gave me three points. That was like plus 210 on the actual market. He, uh, he had a run to score and uh, bring the Giants back into it. So that was nice to see. I'm at eight points. You're at seven. Very tight. It's a big week two for me. Evens the scales up. Uh, my prop of the week. It, and just a reminder real quick on the uh, scoring system. So you get one point. If your prop of the week hits, it's got to be minus 130 or better. You get one point for each of your locks of the week. Those are just picks against the spread. And then you're able to get three points on the long shot, long shot of the week. Why do I have an issue saying long shot? Like it's, it should not be a hard word. To, I'm a lang shot. No, long shot, Sheila. All right. Uh, that has to be plus 150 or better. That can be anything. That's worth three points. So you have a total of seven points you can earn every week. And Luke uh, really update, is updating that spreadsheet beautifully. We'll share that again after the podcast. He is tracking. If Solak and I pick the same side on a pick against the spread, how does that do? Ben, we're 0-1 so far. We both had the Broncos last week against the Commanders. All right, go ahead. What do you got for your prop? I. Uh, we were discussing in the preseason a little bit of this Houston Texans offense. And I said, this Texans passing game can actually be decently good. Like the wide receiver core is all right. And you acted like I had suggested okay. the sun rose in the right. West and Sam East. Okay. <laughs> uh, what are you talking bottom five unit? And I said, someone's now been watching the Nico Collins film. Great start <laughs> to the season for our boy, Nico Collins. Young, uh, healthy receiver out of, out of Michigan. He's big, he's fast, Listen, he's physical. Hold on, hold on, hold okay, on. Okay. okay. This you'll learn with more experience like me. You don't spike the football after two <laughs> weeks on your preseason takes. Okay. So settle down. Talk to me in week 13. I will great. Now I'll let you continue. Nico Collins looked great last week. Yeah. I now I'll say this. Okay. The reason why we're spiking the football is because <laughs> I don't know if Nico Collins is gonna be able to keep his per game average <laughs> at the current level it's at of like six and a half catches and 113 yards a game he so we gotta awesome. spike it while we're in the end zone we might not be in the end yeah. zone sometime soon but 
Uh, Nico Collins is a like very clear and emphatic starter and the number one receiver of CJ Stroud in a passing offense, Bobby Slowick, OC from San Francisco, that just works, right? Like their offensive line is super banged up. Stroud is taking hit after hit after hit. But guess what? They get Nico Collins, like I said, is a big, fast target over the middle of the field, 12 yards deep, and they hit him in stride. And like that's been the way this offense has worked since kingdom come, right? Uh, some numbers for you on Nico Collins. He's among receivers in the league eighth in explosive play rate, eighth in yards per route run with 11 and nine targets respectively, right? This is a high volume player who's a high explosive player and a high efficiency player through two weeks, right? It's really, really good offense from Nico Collins. Uh, The Texans are eight and a half point underdogs to the Jaguars. I love Jaguars passing props in this game as well. Uh, There's no Derek Stingley. There's no Jimmy Ward. There's no Jalen Petrie. Like the Texans secondary is very banged up. I think Houston's going to find themselves in a negative pass script early. And they showed against the Colts they'll keep throwing themselves into a game even if they have no chance to win. Like, they're just trying to get some reps out here. They're not going to bench starters or anything like that. Nico Collins over under uh, uh, receiving yards set at 49 and a half. Uh, he could have zero wow. yards. He could have zero yards low. in the first half. Okay. He could have zero yards in the first half, and I'd be like, he might get this, man. <laughs> like, he, they, they, they hate him catch and run. They hate him on explosive plays. He's a, he's a chunk receiver at this point. I like Nico Collins over quite a bit. He was breaking some tackles last week, running through guys. After yeah. catching the ball. By the way, CJ Stroud, that, that was not a game we talked about on uh, Extra Point Taken. And I rewatched after that. L- early returns are positive on a CJ Stroud playing with what? Three backup offensive linemen and your boy Nico Collins as his number one target. And he threw for like 380. And these were, I mean, like, I know there was some garbage time, but these were like some nice throws deep down the middle of the field in breakers where he's just ripping them uh, in there. So yeah. uh, early returns positive for those who have uh those who have watched uh the play sheet from this week know that i started with a cj stroud play that had nothing to do with the topic i just wanted to watch it (laughs) it's it's i mean gripping it seeing it gripping it and ripping it right like rookies aren't supposed to do this where it's just back foot on time chuck it like that like we are i could not be more impressed with what i've seen from cj stroud i think that i i I love stroud coming out i liked him more than young i thought this is this is the ohio state quarterback to do it and I'm very, very happy with what I'm seeing through two weeks. I'm, I am so quietly during these offensive line injuries and these secondary injuries, just buying Texan stock. I, I, I like the pass rush. I like the way Dimico's running that defense. I think Slowick's got the gen- generally got the goods. Nico's playing well. Stroud's playing well. I am, I am collecting my Texan stock for the seasons to come. Yeah, Owen too. But like, uh, if you're a Texans fan, you're like, okay, we have something. Like, you want to sit down and watch the game on Sunday, where it had that has not been the case. Uh, for a while. I'm debating between two. How, how can we decide this? Do you want to do a quick rock, paper, scissors? Do you want to just pick the number you, one or two? Do chill, you want me to like flip like, a I'm coin? Like what should like, we do? I'm up like 16 units on props so far this year. You oh give me gosh. the two. I'll tell you which one. I'll let you know. I actually, all right. I actually think, but no, but you're incentivized to pick a wrong one for me. So I need you no. to do it blindly. This is no teamwork. Uh, this is help. This I'm, I'm, I'm teamwork. I'm, you're trying to beat me in this competition. What are you talking about? See, I know how you guy, operate. Right. I go like, can I do a Monday headline? You're like, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, can I like just like help you with the problem? It'll be fun for the listeners. So like All debate right. two things. Right. You're like, no, it's a trick. <laughs> He's trying to fool me for a point. All right. I actually do like this because now if it doesn't hit, uh, it'll make for good pod fodder and I can yell at you for picking the wrong thing. All right. So one of them is mean. It's Zach Wilson under 178.5 passing yards, uh, 178.5 went to it last week. One, now he's going up 
against the New England Patriots. He's averaged 173 passing yards in four games against Bill Belichick. He's had a 51-yard game and a 77-yard game. I think this Patriots defense has looked really good uh, through two weeks. So I like the under on Wilson there. And then you got Cowboys total points over Benjamin, 27 and a half. Now, I know that's a healthy number. You have watched Dak Prescott play against Jonathan Gannon defenses, have you not? Yes. Dak Prescott's numbers against Jonathan Gannon defenses, okay, uh, completing 78% of his passes, averaging 10 yards per attempt with 11 touchdowns and one interception in three games. The Cowboys scored at least 40 in each of those three games. Now, granted, one of them was uh, against Eagles backups in a week 18. You still had two other examples of that. They scored 40 in all three of those games. So 27 and a half as the Cowboys total, where I feel like even if some fluky stuff is happening on special teams, maybe they turn the ball over. Uh, I feel like they're still going to go over that number. All right. I'm letting you decide uh, with the right to yell at you. If you pick the wrong well, one, which one do I go with? So a team total is not a prop. That's not a prop? No. I mean, like, right, so it's got, you can argue it's okay. a team prop, but that's generally. Yeah, I thought that's like, what it's under, a team prop. Oh, yeah. Is it under team props or is it under totals? Then let's just, then let's just go, Zach, we can just go Zach Wilson then. Listen, yeah. I don't dabble in the prop market as much yeah. as you do, obviously. No one prop does market's a good that place I know to be. Uh, okay. All right. Team total is typically considered like a, a, a total, right? Like that's where it's, it's listed okay. on, in, in, on FanDuel, which I've also seen on team okay. props before. Um, there you so go. I'm, I'm so inclined it's e to say, an easy decision. Yeah, I'm inclined to say Zach Wilson. Now, I took a long, hard look at, at Prescott over completions, and it's probably something that I'll have in my portfolio for Sunday. Because that wasn't on. See, that, none of those were on uh, FanDuel as of this recording. Uh, yeah. I didn't see any. I was ready to go any Dak Prescott over bet, but I didn't see him uh, on there yet. So maybe that will change by the time kickoff rolls around on Sunday. So back to the Zach Wilson well? Yeah. Yeah, under 178.5. I feel good about that. I mean, listen, if he goes over, uh, I'll take that loss. I feel good about that one. I actually had another one that I liked, but I'm saving it for my long shot and doing one of your fancy alternate things that gets me well uh, done. plus 150. They so let's go to that. All right. All right. So I've got under Zach Wilson. You've got over Nico Collins. All right. Long shot of the week. This is the big boy. This is the money ball. This can get you three points. You can mess up every other bet and still have a nice week with a three-pointer here. What do you got? Uh, first parlay of the year for extra point taken. Let's let's get a couple let's get a couple bets together. Let's let's link them up. There are wow, two Wow, parlay. Yeah, we have okay, yeah, we haven't had one yet. There so there are two unders that by themselves I like quite a bit uh this week. That's the under 42 and a half points. You can get it at 42 now still uh for Panther Seahawks. Uh even with Bryce Young not playing and Andy Dalton playing, like there's a little bit of like, oh, like the offense will be more competent. And I think it will be. I also think Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen. Jonathan Mingo is Jonathan Mingo. Injured guards are injured guards. Like There's only so much that Dalton does for you over Bryce Young. Uh, and so I like under 42 in that game. Steelers Raiders, I like under 43 in that game. Uh, Steelers defense, I think, has been a thrashing with machine through two weeks. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo is against pressure. Uh, and we also know that the Matt Canada offense isn't going to score that many points, even if they have a good day against the Raiders offense, because the Matt Canada offense doesn't do that. It doesn't score points. It doesn't pick up yardage. <laughs> so I like both those unders individually. Now, both of those numbers, 42 and 43, come in under the number 44. And 44 is a key number in, in NFL total betting. 44 is a score of 24 to 20, right? It's like a, a, a pretty common 
you know, the 27 to 17. You have a lot of, of, of lines that'll end on 44. So if you get both of those totals over that number, go under 44 and a half Panthers Seahawks, which is minus 166 by itself, under 45 and a half points for Steelers Raiders, minus 170 by itself, and parlay them, you get plus 154. So again, I like parlay together the under 44 and a half Panthers Seahawks and the under 45 and a half in Steelers Raiders to get the 44 on both. I mean, th- this you th- this guy was just warming up in weeks one and two. Now, now the seasons, it's like when they say the teams, the first couple weeks are actually their preseason since they don't play yep. in the preseason. I feel like that's you. Now you're hitting us with two unders parlayed to just listen, get over listen. it. Uh, so, our qualification at plus one. So firstly, I love it. Luke is Luke is tracking our grouch bets, right? <laughs> when do we take an under? Uh, we're right now we've taken under three times and we're two for three. We're 66%, right? Okay. This is a super, this is a super grouch. This is, we're parlaying two unders. This is full on Grinch right here, baby, before the heart got expanded. Um, but I like last week I took Daniel Jones to score that touchdown. And that was like, what, like plus 180 when I took it, which is like very negative expected value. If I can get plus 150, I should be doing that. And so for me, it was very important. Yeah. I would, if you had done that, I would have made fun of you. So I, for me, I had to make sure, okay, get as close to 150 as possible. That's that's the smart way to go about it. Listen, I am actually doing that because you know what? I'm team content. And I looked at <laughs> two and one of them was plus 160 and one was plus 194. And I said, Shield, to win this, you should really just go. You got to get close to the 150. Right. That's smarter. You don't get more points. But I said, you know what? You're committed to the pod. You want to grow the pod. Don't be a baby. Just go for it. So I'm going with your boy. Bajan, by the way, it's pronounced. I don't know if you saw that. Bajan. Bajan Robinson, 90 plus rushing yards, plus 194. <clears throat> by the way, if you just want to do a prop, his over-under is like 66 and a half. In this game, I was like, oh my, should I, I should probably, I should just pocket that easy one. But I said, no, go for the home run. Go for the money ball. Don't play scared, Shield. So, uh, Bajan Robinson, as we talked about uh, on Monday night when uh, Solak tried to rope me into a running back value uh, argument at one in the morning, and I did not. Uh, and you take definitely the faith there. sidestepped me. <laughs> uh, has been awesome this year, averaging 6.2 yards per carry through two games, has seven runs of 10 plus yards, second to only Christian McCaffrey, who obviously played a third game last night. Uh, Falcons. Against the Lions, I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think the Falcons are going to need him. I don't think Arthur Smith is going to want to put this game in Desmond Ritter's hands. Uh, Lions run defense has been fine, but I would say unspectacular. Like, I'm not worried about the Lions shutting down the Falcons run game and Bajan Robinson. And of course, I've got Bajan in fantasy. So now I'm just like all lit. Like, Solex tried to be the Bajan guy on extra point taken. I'm just one up and in, and I'm taking him, and I'm putting on my Bajan. I don't wear jerseys anymore. Maybe if there's like a cool Bajan Robinson t-shirt, you know, one of those like old schools caricature with the big head. Like I would, I would definitely wear one of those on an extra point taken if anyone has recommendations. Uh, I've got Bajan Robinson 90 plus rushing yards as Solak alerted me to last week. If he gets 90 exactly, uh, I win the bet plus 194. The Kapadia don't play scared in this. What are we calling this, by the way? Does this have a name, this competition we're doing? Uh, did he, I think Luke named it on, on his opening. Let's say. Oh, he did? It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Extra point taken 2023 <laughs> props competition, but it's not always props. It's also no, bets. We got to come up with props, that name. Yeah. yeah. Well, we need something else. The listeners, now, help us out. Shio, you know we're no good just stumbled. What you've just stumbled on, by the way, is called a ladder. <laughs> all right? So you looked at, B- at Bajan 66 and a half. You said, that's a good bet. Over 66 and a half, he's going to get yeah. there. And then you open up the alts and you saw, wait, like 
90 plus is 194. Like he'd probably get there too. So what you do here is you place a unit on over 66 and a half. And then you place okay. like half of a unit on 70 plus and a quarter of a unit on 80 plus <laughs> and a 10th of a unit on 90 plus and you ride the ladder. That's the ladder. And that oh way, if he goes over 66, he should. But once he gets to 70, a little more. Once he gets to 80, a little <laughs> bit more. And you'd be right to because guess what? And I'm, I'm on Bajan this week. Arthur Smith has shown us if he is leading a game, he's going to run the football late. He's also shown us if he's trailing a game late, guess what he's going to do? Yeah, run the football, run football. Right? So we don't get outside a script for Bajan, which is great for an overall rushing total. Uh, this Falcons-Lions game, we've, we've said it all, all bottled to keep saying it. This is a learn something game. This is about as big of a learn something game as there is this week. I am not yet there on the spike the football on the Falcons preseason take. We got Lions this week. We got Jaguars next week. If this defense can hang out, hang on enough to get to to get this offense in range to win these games, right? Like I don't even need wins, but like the, on paper, like last year, this would be like forty points for the Lions, forty points for the Jaguars, no question. This is a big defensive check for me for the Falcons. If they can keep these games close enough that the script does stay neutral, yeah, Falcons have the have the horses to run over the Lions for four quarters, run over the Jaguars for four quarters, and they can win this game similar to how they won it with the Packers, where they were never in control, but they were never too far out to get knocked off a of script, and then the body blow started to accumulate. Uh, I'm very interested. Falcons-Lions at 1 o'clock. It's going to be a cool game. I mean, spike the football. Listen, I am obviously feel terrible about my Panthers preseason prediction, but I feel good about fading you uh, on the Falcons here. You can talk about a Bobo uh, 2-0. I like the Lions. Lions are banged up on their offensive line. That makes me nervous um, mm-hmm. in this game, but I actually like the Lions in this game. Golf through that too. pick six last week. Man, the rest of that game, their passing game, and they got the flea flicker going, and Ben Johnson is scheming things up. Like That offense looked uh, yeah. very good. For most of that Lions game last Seahawks, week against if, if you remember, was my was my game I was looking at in week two, where I was interested to see what happens, and it was everything I hoped it would be. Right as, as they kept game. saying during the game, you know, fifty plus points total, sixty plus points total, in all their last meetings, and it's thirty seven, thirty one, and like you said, pick six kind of decides it. The overtime touchdown, Aiden Hutchinson holding, like all this nonsense. The moral of the story is the Seahawks and the Lions passing games are what we thought they were, and that's all I care about. It's just those yeah. teams are always going to be fun to watch, and they're always going to be in games. They can throw the ball around the yard a little bit. I do think the Lions dunk on the Falcons. I think I, that's my expectation. I won't be taking this game spread, um, but I, this is a heat check game for, for, the, for the Falcons for sure. You've been 2 0. You played within yourselves. This is your toughest challenge yet. I'm curious to see what it's like. All right, let's take one more break. We'll come back. We'll do our nonsense predictions, and then we will deliver our locks of the week. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back on extra point taken. We little we take a little break from the actual uh, bets and predictions, and we do a little nonsense 
prediction. So, like, what do you think? What's your nonsense prediction for week three? What do you got? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, defeated the New York Giants in week one, 40 to nothing. In week two, the Dallas Cowboys defeated the New York Jets, 30 to 10. Six plus 60 point differential through two weeks. They have the Arizona Cardinals in week three. I think the Dallas Cowboys become the first team in NFL history to get to a plus 100 point differential three weeks into the season. (laughs) (laughs) Just an NFL record for the biggest point differential after three weeks. First team in NFL history to win two games 40 to nothing in the month of September. Uh, You brought this up earlier and I I thought you were going to do a a potential Prescott bet. We were going to get into it then, but get into it now. This, uh, Dak Prescott's playing outside of his mind, right? This is as good of a start as the Cowboys could have hoped for. I've seen some like, it's time to give Mike McCarthy his due content. I disagree with this. <laughs> Far too early to be giving my The Mike McCarthy thing is the month of January. I'm curious about the postseason. I, in season, I'm, I, Listen, I'm perfectly fine. Mike, Mike McCarthy has the best PR team in the history of the world, certainly the country. Uh, and so um, that, that's going to come earlier than you would expect. Like, I would like to hire his PR team for extra point taken. I think Bring it could on. just take the show to another level. Uh, David, uh, just uh, uh, you, you see articles written in sports media, uh, business <laughs> journals, just like the analytics that are executed by Ben and Shiel on their podcast, Extra Point Taken. They spend time <laughs> in the PFF office. They took the a trip Cowboys to, gonna, yeah, like this, this. we can't do PFF. We'd have to do another analyst, like Sumer yeah. Sports or something. They true media, as we always were yeah. big true media True media, guys, I love true media, that's We've right. We've been in the true media uh, offices grinding away at the, uh, the data. The moral of the story right. is this. This okay. Cardinals defense has faced Sam Howell and Daniel Jones. And I think accordingly, there's been some like, hey, not too shabby. Uh, Dennis Gardex played you know, some nice balls, a good pass rusher. Okay, like, we've got some stuff here. I think I think this this reads to me like the sort of defense that Dak Prescott goes 32 for 34 against. Like he just does not miss a pass and the Cowboys just walk it down the field even when they're not trying to. Uh, we also have a Cardinals offense that faced the commanders and the Giants. Uh, Josh Dobbs, like Dobbs actually was low key kind of shredding. And we too, it was fun to see Josh Dobbs was out there yeah. slinging it. Um, but I think the Cowboys are going to generate some some turnovers in this game. Uh, this is not a game where you really are able to gauge the impact of the, the Trayvon Diggs injury just yet. But I think that as big of an injury as that is, it's a devastating and disappointing injury. It's a really, really, really tough one. Uh, this pass rush still has the ability to, to win series for you, to win drives for you, uh, to generate turnovers. I think that's going to be an uproarious game, just a huge blowout. Uh, Cowboys-Cardinals. So yeah, Cowboys, just plus 100 in the, the differential column through three weeks. All right. So I just look in, looked in True Media's database. I did look up for my uh, column. You can look at all my picks against the spread. On the ringer.com through two weeks, that plus 60 point differential is tied for second best among any team since 2000. How did you find that that fast? It takes me nine minutes huh. to search anything. I have no idea how to search for things. Huh. That's incredible. I that you can show that you. That's easy. Uh, 2019 Patriots were better. And now I'm looking through week three. The 2019 Patriots were plus 89 through three weeks of the season. So the Cowboys would have to go uh, win by 29 to tie that, win by 30. If they win by 30, they have the highest point differential of any team through three weeks of the season since at least 2000. So uh, yeah, something to keep an eye out there. Ben says they win by 40 and they get to 100. So that would be uh, a lot of fun. I like that one quite a bit. All right, my nonsense prediction. I'm revisiting one of my preseason predictions 
I think the leaks are going to start out of Cleveland uh, after this week, oh. after this game against the Titans. Okay, the the Browns lose on Monday night. Deshaun Watson did not play well again. The guy is trying to he has two personal foul face masks. Uh, it's not all his fault, but certainly he does not look anywhere close to the player the Browns thought they were trading for. How about this number? Since the start of 2022, 34 quarterbacks have had at least 250 dropbacks. Among those 34, Deshaun Watson ranks last, 34th in EPA per pass play. And if you're saying, all right, there's some flukiness there, it is still a relatively small sample, 29th in success rate. So it's not just the turnovers. It's not just the negative plays. Uh, he has not looked comfortable in that Kevin Stefanski offense. You thought going into the season, all right, he's had a full training camp. They've got their stuff together. They've worked out what they want to do that Watson likes, what they want to do that Stefanski likes. And guess what? It hasn't looked good in the first two weeks of this season. So uh, I think whether it's, hey, you know, you're hearing that Deshaun Watson, um, Kevin Stefanski isn't making the adjustments that Deshaun Watson wants him to make for this offense, or you're hearing, hey, Deshaun Watson isn't comfortable in Kevin Stefanski's offense, or he's not, you know, doing the things that Stefanski was. I don't know what side it's going to come from. I think there's going to be some controversy in Cleveland, maybe earlier than Browns fans expected uh, as they face the Tennessee Titans in week three. There you go. I generally agree i'm this tight is it too early this tight secondary is banged up i think that this is about for the browns like if you had to pick a game where like nick chubb's injured or we don't know what the running game is going to look like it's i think the titans are a good opponent where it's like hey you should just never try to run on the titans anyway and also amani hooker is hurt and christian fulton is hurt and you can throw on this team pretty successfully um i took titans plus three and a half at open immediately after the Chubb injury. Because I thought this line was going to move pretty substantially. That plus three didn't move as much as I thought. Uh, And I think a big part of the reason why is because even if Watson's not good, this Browns passing offense should have an advantage against the Titans passing defense the same way that the Chargers did. Now, we know the end of the Chargers story. Titans covered. (laughs) Titans won, right? And so Titans are able able to put 30 plus on, on uh, on on the Chargers. I don't think they can do that on Jim Schwartz's defense. And so I think this might be a good enough game for the Browns where you don't start to hear it just yet. In fact, you might get some like, without Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson leads Browns to victory, yeah, yeah, whatever. In the aggregate, though, yeah, Deshaun Watson has looked bad through two weeks, and that's not going away anytime soon. It's certainly not going away with, with Chubb gone. Like we talked about on, on Tuesday, uh, the episode, this is not an offense that's equipped for long-term success without Chubb. They don't have the, uh, uh, the stable enough passing game, stable enough pass protection to get that done. So I think long-term, you're going to be right. All right, I have to get to my first lock of the week because I want to get to it before the line changes because you just mentioned it. Uh, it's actually still plus, it's plus three and a half on FanDuel as of the oh, time I'm down? saying this sentence. So I'm getting this pick in before the line Smart. changes. I don't want to get stuck with plus three. I've got the Titans for the third week in a row. Plus three and a half. Mike Rabel, I don't doubt you as an underdog. You've come through the first two weeks. Even if you lose here, I'll be okay. I'll say, you know what? You got me two out of three. Uh, I love taking the Titans and Mike Rabel as underdogs, specifically against teams that I don't really believe in. And the Browns fall in that category. I mean, you mentioned it. Yeah, maybe there's a path to Watson having a big game here. Is he going to be able to prevent those negative plays? I mean, he he commits so many negative plays that even if there are some nice plays mixed in there, uh, it doesn't feel sustainable to me against a front, by the way, that is still very good uh, for yeah. the Tennessee Titans. Jeffrey Simmons uh, playing awesome through the first two weeks of the season. So I think they're going to be able to get after him 
quite a bit. Uh, I think they're going to be able to muddy up this game. I do have concerns about the, uh, <laughs> the Titans offense against the Browns defense. Like if you told me Ryan Tannehill gets sacked like 11 times in this game and they lose by 21, that would not shock me. But you know what? This is, uh, we're making the picks on Friday. We don't know what's going to happen. So we got to do it with the information we have. So I've got Titans plus three and a half at Cleveland as my first lock of the week. All right. What do you got, yes. Souls? As I said, yeah, I'm on Titans plus three and a half. I don't know if I'll try to get out of it yet or not. I still kind of like it because it's Brable as a small underdog. Um, but that's yeah, a tricky one. Uh, first one for me, uh, I love Steelers plus two and a half on the road against the Raiders this week. I think that's oh, such a nice turning spot into for me. Uh, I know that um, I saw it on my timeline yesterday. Raheem Palmer, other than our gambling show in East Coast Bias, who's another one of our, 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 our gambling guys here. Everybody should, by the way, listen to those shows if you want to actually get good betting advice. Raheem kills it. Um, Raheem's also big on the Steelers, which always makes you feel good when someone who's smarter than you at this uh, likes a team. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense is bad. Raiders' defense is bad, right? We have this an, a, a nice spot where, like, okay, the Steelers' offense definitely disappointing, definitely worse than we thought. It wasn't the easiest start of the season for the Steelers in terms of opponents, and I think that the Raiders are a nice little palate cleanser in that regard, right? Uh, Browns' defense in Week Two obviously played them extremely well, and then it was San Francisco in Week One, like. Those are two top five defenses. Those two top three yeah. defenses in Shields preseason rankings. I think that that the Steelers offense is bad. The problems are legitimate. Canada's an issue. Things against the Raiders are just going to look a little bit rosier. And the Raiders have, have like played, I think, a little bit better than expected. But still, I don't, I don't particularly rank this defense. And then offensively, uh, uh, the ability to generate pressure against Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, has always been a recipe for a couple of turnovers. Steelers have shown the very, their uh, they've, they've, they've benefited from takeaways, but they've also been good on non-takeaway drives. They've just generally been stingy. Um, the fact that they're laying points on, on, on even on the road to me is very is very surprising that, that they're underdog in this. And so Steelers plus two and a half, I like quite a bit. Do you think they can break my favorite streak in sports? Let me give an update for the listeners. Steelers fans, cover your ears. Uh, Steelers, 37 straight games under your boy, Matt Canada, without gaining at least 400 yards. The other 31 teams during that span have done it 277 times. This is the spot, Ben. That Raiders defense stinks. Can the Steelers gain 400 yards in this? I was going to make this my nonsense prediction of the week that they break uh, the streak. I feel kind of mean about it, but like now I'm just obsessed with it. It's all I, I, when I watch the Steelers, it's all I think about. You're just a newsman at this point. You're just providing updates. It's not on you. <laughs> it's on them. I, I would say no, because I don't think okay. they're... I think in order to get 400, you have to be in a shootout where you, you have to get points for four quarters. I'm not sure that's necessarily going to be the case for this game. Um, it's going to be like, I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring than that. Obviously I'm on the under, as I said, next week, Steelers, Texans. We might okay. get that. All right. That, there you go. Steelers, Pocket Texans, it for next week. For it. Um, all right. So I'm there for that one. My second, I've one. got Steelers, go by the way. Uh, I don't have it as one of my picks, but I do have them plus two and a half. I like that yeah. quite a bit in my column. All right, go ahead. My second one. And these are the, these are the two spreads this week that I like quite a bit. Uh, like I said, it's a bit of an ugly week, but the two that I like are Steelers and then Patriots minus two and a half. Uh, Bill Belichick against oh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. We have a duplicate, my yeah, friends. I, I got the I Patriots could, I could have called you taking half. this from a mile away. This stinks of a shield line. I get Bill <laughs> Belichick against Zach Wilson. I know what to do. All right? I don't overthink things. I understand how the league works. We keep it simple. Uh, I think the Patriots are, are in a position to control this game. Now, we saw a Patriots-Jets, uh, you know, Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson game last season. Where the only way the Patriots won was on a Marcus Jones punt return. Marcus Jones may not be healthy for this game, right? And so uh, 
it is important that the offensive improvements that the Patriots made in the offseason, which are legitimate, like the, the Patriots are 0-2, but have been better on offense than they were last year. Last year, uh, Those need to show up against Robert Sala and this defense. I don't, as always, I walk in not understanding who the winner is going to be. Devontae Parker, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, like who's going to be the dude that does this for us? But presumably... Uh, they are going to have an easier time moving the football than Zach Wilson on the other side, who you just do not think is going to in any way, shape, or form succeed against a Bill Belichick defense. The The only thing that has me a little bit worried about this is that obviously Belichick, who's always historically been so oriented on size and, 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 and big bodies on defense and being able to defend the run, has obviously been moving into a more modern direction, a little bit lighter boxes, a little bit lighter players in the box in recent years. Maybe the Jets can dominate in the running game. Even then, I think it's a thin line, a, a thin outcome. I like Patriots minus two and a half. Yeah, that week one game, though, against the Eagles, I haven't seen a front not be bullied by the Eagles offensive line like that and actually kind of take it to them like the Patriots did in week one. Because I was thinking the same thing. All right, you know, what's the Jets scenario for winning this game? They run the ball. Maybe a special teams play. Their defense plays well. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball in this game against that Patriots front. Uh, I, I think they've been uh, pretty impressive here so far. I know they gave up the big run to Mostert uh, last week, but uh, I, I think they're going to have success here. So yeah, I've got the Patriots minus two and a half. Uh, as well, it's just, I, you're right. I, I don't like that. Whenever I look at one, I say, wait a minute, that seems too easy. I generally take the other side or stay away. And this one sort of falls into that category where I'm like, wait a minute, we've all watched Zach Wilson now for a while. We've watched Zach Wilson four times against the Patriots. Or why, why are the Patriots only minus two and a half? I actually thought they would uh, maybe get to three or even three and a half here. So uh, I guess it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of um, an argument for the Patriots offense being bad and the Jets defense being really good, which they might be. But to your point, Ben, the Patriots offense is fourth in offensive success rate through the first two weeks of the season. They have no explosive element. To their right. offense, I think they have two plays at 20 plus yards, so it doesn't take that into account. I think that's the fewest in the NFL. But in terms of down to down, snap to snap, are they producing positive plays? It's actually way different than it was last year. So I'm kind of like, like, they don't have to score 30 right. in this game. You know, you score 17, you oh, score the 20. The total's at should 36 cover. and a half, which is oh about my as gosh. low as the total gets. <laughs> I, they don't there need to go. score 30. They need to score 17 and they'll be fine. Yeah. All right, there you go. So I've got the Patriots minus two and a half as well. So we're 0-1 on the duplicate picks. We're Let's fine Let's see if on we can one. get to 1-1 one one with that one. All right, what, your, what do you got your for third? your third one? Oh, I just asked you. you I feel go? like I've been going first on all of these. All right, I'll go. I've got a game you already mentioned. I already know you like this one. I don't know if it's one of your picks or not. I've got the Cowboys minus 12 and a half at Arizona. I almost never would take a line this yeah. big. For a road team, but I'm sorry. Maybe it's just my, uh, you know, Eagles focused brain for the Ringers Philly special. Having watched Dak Prescott against Jonathan Gannon, I'm just like, he's going to complete 75% of his passes. They're going to move up and down the field. And the talent disparity between the Cowboys defense and the Cardinals offense is probably one of the biggest you will see in the NFL this year. So uh, Cardinals 0-2, but 2-0 and against the spread, Benny Souls, so far through the first yeah. two weeks of the season. Uh, I, I think they take the L here. Uh, I think the Cowboys win big, like uh, ben, Ben's predicting, a 40-point uh, victory. So I just need 13. I'm not even being greedy here. Cover by, uh, win by 13. 
and you get the win. Obviously, when it spreads this big, there's so many things that come into play. A special team's mishap, a deflected pass, a garbage time touchdown when you're up by two, you know, you they could be up 30 to 10. And, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the Cardinals come down and they score and they go for two. Something weird happens, like Sean McVay did me dirty last week. So that always makes me nervous. But I like the Cowboys minus 12 and a half here as my third pick. Yeah, how does it feel to have consigned yourself to caring about the fourth quarter of the Cowboys-Cardinals game? I mean, good. There's That's a four o'clock game, right? And there's only, I think, three four o'clock games. So uh, I'll be able to turn my full attention to this game, even if it's a blowout and no one else is paying attention. Uh, listen, that's why uh, that's why the gambling companies stay in business for stuff like this. Yeah, it is. It is a only four or only three four o'clock games. And the three are as follows. Bears, Chiefs, 12 and a half <laughs> oh point God. line. Cowboys Cardinals, 12 and a half point line. Panthers Seahawks, which is featuring Andy Dalton, six point line. Wow. As the man responsible for uh, for watching all of the uh, uh, watching all, all of the games and writing the Sunday column, not super stoked, Sheil, about the four o'clock slate. Not super into it. Why do We're they in- do that? I don't understand. How, how is this a thing? Why are there only three four o'clock games and nine one o'clock games? How does this make sense? So that you can get national eyes on Josh Dobbs. It's got to be done. Andy Dalton, man. These are the league's moneymakers. These are the bringers. You're right. Normally, when it's like this, there's like a big spotlight. It's like Chiefs Bills or something at four o'clock. Like we want everyone to watch this game. Not the case this week. Very strange. All right. Go ahead. Okay. My last one is not, it's not the Cowboys. I don't feel good about this. You don't feel good about it. You already know what I'm picking, don't you? (laughs) I don't. I just love that you picked the Cowboys to win by 40, yet their minus 12 and a half is not your pick. It's the nonsense prediction. The <laughs> I understand. I understand. Points. I'm yes. just joking. All right. All right. Are you picking the Bears plus 12 and a half? No. I was... I, Hold I'll on. Pick- let me guess it. Let me guess it. You're not feeling good. So let me see. All right. You're not... He's not feeling good about it. It's not going to be... No. Cardinals? No. Not Bears, Chiefs, Panthers. Panthers? No. Oh, is it... Are you taking the Broncos plus six and a half at Miami? Thought about it. It's uh, Broncos. Okay. Broncos looking good on the advanced metrics. Gonna be honest. Uh, thought about okay. it. What? What? I I don't know. I don't know what it Come is. On. Oh, you're taking the Chargers. You're taking the Chargers in Minnesota. I don't feel good about it. All right. There's no, re- <laughs> there's no reason to feel good about it. Nothing oh about God. this is righteous. Nothing you about have this a is sickness. just on the earth. There's no beauty. <laughs> There, there, there is nothing that is holy in, in this selection, okay? The Chargers are a cursed and har- disgusting franchise for whom, <laughs> no, in whom no faith should be placed, in whom no good and righteous man should put his heart. With that said, they are so clearly better than the Vikings. They are so obviously a better football team, and they are one and a half way underdogs. The Minnesota Vikings! Now, this total was like 49 and a half a week ago. It's 53 and a half right now. Like I said, 44 is a key number. So is 54. There are going to be a lot of points in this game. Chargers right now dead last in defensive success rate. Uh, Brian Flores, right, coming for uh, uh, Justin Herbert and then Kellen Moore. It's going to be a great matchup on that side of the ball. But the Vikings do not have horses defensively. I do not think they have the way to fluster uh, uh, Herbert the way that they flustered Hurts. I think that you're going to see the Chargers absolutely poor points on this Vikings team. And for whatever godforsaken reason, I still think the Chargers have enough in them defensively to get a couple of stops in this one. The Chargers are a a, a more talented, more successful team than this Vikings team, and they absolutely unequivocally should beat them with their season on the line, right? Like if this were like week one and it were one and a half, I would look at it and be like, 
this is so obviously a trap and they're going to lose this game. They're 0-2 and Brandon Staley's pissed. Like you, they, there is a clear understanding in the Chargers room. Like they have to get a win. They have an opportunity here against the Vikings. Uh, the Chargers are going to cover one and a half. They're going to do it. They're, they have to do it. There's no way they're not going to do it. The Chargers are going to cover. The Chargers are going to cover. The Chargers are going to cover. Listen, I wrote down three additional, like as I'm going through this, I just make a list of what are the games I like. And then I pick three for the segment. Chargers plus one and a half or one of the uh, leftovers. But I, I placed a moratorium on myself from talking about the, uh, the Chargers because I feel like they get way too much airtime for a team that is 0-2 and just disappointing uh, everybody. But I do like that side. I picked the Chargers. They were actually, I don't know what happened. They were minus one and a half uh, when I wrote my column that went up Thursday morning. Yeah. And now it's plus one and a half. Uh, Bosa, I guess, has some, in, but that's not going to flip the line three points. So um, I don't know if there was just so a lot of action the on one the, side or the other. Yeah, the reason the line gets flipped is because you're not going to put up plus a half, minus a half, because that's just the money line, right? And so when the, the favorite transitions, like, oh, we think the Chargers are going to win to, oh, the Vikings are going to win, the line will jump from one and a half to one and a half in the other direction, which feels gotcha. like a big jump. Okay. But it's just because the money line represents that point half that it would otherwise move. You'll sometimes see like plus yeah. one, minus one, right? You haven't really seen that from FanDuel this season, which they, they've done that in previous years. I don't know if that's a, a change in their bookmaking process. Sometimes you'll see plus one, minus one. Um, listen, plus one and a half did great for me last week. It kept me from getting skunked. Uh, uh, so I can even get... A Vikings one point win, and I still still sneak this cover. So I appreciate uh, Fandle leaving the hook out there for us, leaving the the uh, the point five there. But yeah, it's um, it it's uh, I don't think the Bosa injury is it. I think that uh, if you watch Bosa play, you would not know he was a top five pick who once had a, a history Ooh. of being very productive. Met, Could have I led mean, with I, that take. Bosa's it's injuries. It's not like Bosa's like not trying or anything. Yeah. I think it's just injuries. But Bosa to move like I watched I watched Nick Bosa play on Thursday night against the Giants. I was like, oh, that's right. Like that's how Bosa's move. I forgot because I'd been watching the Chargers defensive film and just Joey is is just clearly like not what he was physically. Uh, add in Khalil Mack being long in the tooth, and the, the Chargers have so much money invested at pass rusher, all for Uchenna Nwosu to be dominating with the Seahawks. Tough luck. Yeah, Khalil Mack also not really a, a factor. Yep for that Chargers team either. All right, there you go. Should we recap them? All right, so we've both, both got Patriots minus two and a half at the Jets. I've got Cowboys minus 12 and a half at Arizona. I've got Titans plus three and a half at Cleveland. And for my prop, I've got Zach Wilson under 178.5 passing yards. And for my long shot, there you go. I said it correctly. I've got B. John Robinson, 90 plus rushing yards, which is plus 194. I'm, I'm going to have to hop on, on that. Hop on that long shot with you. Uh, I love that. What do, you, uh, what do you got? Long shot for me, under 44 and a half Panther Seahawks and under 45 and a half Steelers Raiders. Both have to hit for my long shot to hit. My prop of the week is Nico Collins over 49 and a half receiving yards. And my locks, uh, Pats minus two and a half that I share with Shield. Fade the double, fade, fade the consensus. It's 0 and 1. <laughs> Steelers plus two and a half at the Raiders, uh, road dog and road dog, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Plus one and a half against the Vikings. <laughs> there you go. Those are the picks. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thanks to Eddie Ocampo for his video production. The man's waking up early on the West Coast this Friday morning. <laughs> podcast he's getting these videos we're, we're posting them on ben's tiktok on my instagram on ringer nfl all social media channels again if you ben's got a nice ringer hat on i would tune into the videos uh just to 
See that? So we'll that's get those ben posted didn't get here. His hair done this morning. That's that's because that Ben got go. out of bed about thirty minutes before the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next episode, Laura and Steven, Sunday night. They will recap all the action from week three. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. Have a great weekend. Uh, let's go. Let's let's crush all these bets. We gotta do a good better job this week than I did, at least last week. All right. We'll talk to you next week on Extra Point Tape. Plus, be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call one 800 5 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 327 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts or call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York.